0: Thank you for joining us for this message from cornerstone community church in lynchburg virginia and now let's join our guest speaker man oh. i got stirred up y'all i'm like <laughs> I'm keep myself from falling apart up here and be a personal worship you may take your seats uh praise the lord god is so good uh his truth is everlasting and um I'm just grateful and thankful for all that he's doing and um just grateful though man, I'm pull myself together <laughs> he's good, y'all he's good um yeah i'm I, I wasn't even gonna share this, and this is not part of my message. it's just a quick testimony um and um, yeah, it's quick testimony so my son was coming up a couple weeks ago. was Coming up had car issues. I think you guys ha- heard about that. And so we finally had a friend who worked for AAA uh, tow it from South Carolina. He had 200 miles free, so we towed it from South Carolina to uh, Danville, Virginia. Because if he came to Lynchburg, it was 242 miles, so he couldn't do Lynchburg. So I said, "Well, take it to a shop in Danville." Took it to a shop in Danville, and it wasn't what you know. Initially, it seemed like it was the alternator, um, but the shop in Danville was like, "Well, it's an engine issue." And it's gonna cost you seven thousand dollars. And I said, "Well, I would but the enemy in the name of Jesus, because <laughs> that is not what an alternator costs. <laughs> it was a very great difference." And so, um, so just going on. So it was there, and I was like, oh, "I don't know what we're gonna do. We're gonna we gonna have to tow it here." Uh, I have a distrust of mechanics sometimes, and I you know I want to take it to my guy. Uh, So I was like, well, we're going to have to tow it here and and take it to a guy here in Lynchburg that I work with. He knows our vehicles. And so in the process of getting all that, you know, working that out with the tow company, um, we received a letter in the mail. And and my son has a Kia Sportage. And it was a um, class action lawsuit. This is God because we didn't know, (laughs) had no idea class action lawsuit against Kia because they had engine issues. And I was like, what? I got the the letter. My wife, it was in her name. So I was like, I t- took a picture of her and I said, is this real? <laughs> and I sent it to her. And she hadn't seen it. She came home. I came, t- I came to the door and I said, did you see my text message? I said, is this real? She's like, what? And she saw it. She was like, what? And she opened it up. And sure enough, the issue that that guy said was the issue, which I'm still not sure is the issue. I took it to my guy. He's looking at it but it would be covered completely if it is that issue. And I was like, Lord, what in the world are you doing? Uh, he knows what he's doing. So nothing is impossible for the Lord, because I did not have, well, I had 7000 but I didn't want to spend $7,000 on a car that is over 10 years old, and I was like, no way, we can just get something else. Uh, but God is good. Uh, so even when you don't see the way, there is a class action lawsuit somewhere (laughs) that you are not aware of and you just keep checking the mail (laughs) and he will bless you greatly. Um, But it just goes to show that God can do anything. He can make the mountains move for you. He can create a class action lawsuit for the issue that you're working on or dealing with to have it covered for you. So that is how great our God is. And so I'm so grateful for him. Amen. So moving on. It's a quick testimony. Moving on. Uh the authority and the characteristic authority and characteristics of the ambassador. Uh see so we're still talking about discipleship and you're gonna follow me with this. Uh I, I kind of mentioned it last Sunday and how we're gonna kinda look at how, this authority that we have and what is our job as ambassadors of Christ. We really have one job is to make disciples, so I already gave the end in the way. <laughs> Our job is to make disciples as ambassadors of Christ. Um, but I want to uh, look at the authority that Christ has and he's given us um, and what that looks like. So, again, we have Matthew 28:18 through 20. talks about uh, then Jesus came to them. And, we, I mean, we've used this verse several times when it talks about discipleship. Uh, 18 says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven. And on earth has been given to me. And that's important. All authority in heaven and on earth. That's good. Because sometimes we think the earth is not his anymore because it's so chaotic. But he has authority in heaven and in earth. And then right after that, he says, I, so he, he proclaims that I have this authority. So therefore, this is what he wants you to do: do. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. So let's look at the word authority. The word authority here in the Greek is exousia. Exousia. It means power to act, or, and it's a conferred authority. So you have the power to act. And I like this example. I was doing some research. This example, um, so on a football field, there's not much more powerful than the football player on that field, right? Who's more powerful on that field than the football player? The referee. (laughs) And the football player may have dunamis power, right? They can knock over anybody, they're strong, and they can do what they want, but the referee has conferred power from the NFL. So no matter how strong, that football player is, if the referee throws out a flag, then they're going to have to recall that play. Whatever that referee referee says, he's been given authority through the NFL main office in New York, I think, and they're standing behind that guy. Whatever he calls, that's what's going to happen. And whatever he says on the field, even though you may disagree with it, and maybe your team got <laughs> messed up for a bad call, It is supported by that authority conferred uh, to the NFL, to that referee on the field. So much so now, we have this same authority. Jesus has this authority, and now he's conferred authority to us as his ambassadors on the earth. He says, I've given you this authority. Now, I have all the authority, and now here's what I want you to do. With the authority that I have, I'm going to give you authority authority on the earth to go and make disciples. Uh, God's plan was to rule earth uh, from heaven by way of me and you. It sounds like a bad plan, right? (laughs) If you look at how we are. (laughs) You couldn't come up with a better plan than that. But his plan is to rule earth from heaven. And even that, we see that in the Garden of Eden. So God is in heaven. He created these beings, these humans, and he gave them dominion. He gave them authority in the earth. And as long as they was communing with them, he was going to rule from heaven to his humans that he created. And they he gave them power and authority over the earth. Well, of course, we know they messed that up. <laughs> and so then again, he came back. If you look at um, even from the beginning, he had appointed rulers, uh, uh, Adam and Eve to have dominion over the earth. And then if you even look in Exodus 19, even after uh, Moses and the children of Israel been into in, in captivity and he was bringing them out in Exodus 19:5 and 6, he says, now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although Although the whole earth is mine, remember that, he says this, this is God saying, although the whole earth is mine, You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So this is what he wants you. You are a kingdom of priests in the earth. That's good. That's a good word. That's good. Because even in the New Testament, he calls us a holy nation, a holy priesthood, uh, chosen, uh, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we'll get to that. But you are kingdom priests. You are a kingdom of priests. So even from. Uh, Even in Exodus, God wanted to rule from heaven through man on earth. He set you up. If you are ambassadors, he set you up as ambassadors to be his representatives to rule on earth. With him then having all power. And even if he said it in, in Exodus, he said it from the beginning that and he said it in Matthew and he said it again in Exodus that even though I have power in the earth, I'm giving you authority. As my priestly kingdom, as my priestly representatives to rule on the earth. First Peter 2 says, uh, "Coming to Him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and and precious. You also, living stones, a, and are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ." spiritual sacrifice. And then if you go down to verse 9, it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of his name who are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. So we are the priestly kingdom, priests of his kingdom in the earth, his representation in the earth to do what? make disciples, and to do whatever else he tells us to do. So he tells us to obey, even in Matthew 28 says, obey all, tell all the disciples, when you're making disciples, you're going to do, do, tell them to do all that I've shown you to do. So all that he's shown you to do is live your life, and it is in the Bible that he shows us how to live our lives, our day-to-day lives, and what, what he will have us to do. And that is your job now as priests, ambassadors, to walk in this earth, not as citizens of the earth, but citizens of the kingdom that we're from. How do we become ambassadors? How do we uh, come into this kingdom? Uh, I could go through all of Ephesians chapter 2. I'm not going to read it all. <laughs> but I'm going to skip around. Uh, there's some good parts in here. But um, Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 4. It says, So it talks about how we were dead in our sins, uh, in our trespasses. Uh, And then 4 says, But God, who is so rich in mercy, uh, this is Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together. So we're together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So because of Christ Jesus, we're able to sit in heavenly places. We're able to be. Priest in his kingdom to now do the work that he's called us to do in the earth now, if you go down to verse 12 it says that at that time you were without christ being aliens from the commonwealth of israel and strangers from the covenant of the promise so he said at one time you weren't in his kingdom now some of you may not be in his kingdom now and we'll pray for you that you uh he, he touches your heart and that you want to be engrafted into his kingdom but at one time you weren't in his kingdom You were strangers. You were aliens. You were living your own life. You were doing all the things that you wanted to do. And now that you've been called into his kingdom, it says um, you were you were strangers from the covenant of the promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's good. We have been brought near by his blood. So then, if you look in, let's go to verse uh, 16, it says, And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death enmity between God and man. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father, Christ our cornerstone. Now, therefore. You are no longer strangers or foreigners, so you're no longer uh, the children uh, that are outside the promise, um, but you are now fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God. So you're citizens and you are the household of God. That's important. Let's look at that. Let's, let's dig into that a little bit. He didn't just call you citizens and he didn't just call you uh, household, but he called you both. You are citizens and you are of the household of God. So citizens would be the legal state that you have when you're a part of a kingdom. So legally, you are uh, in, in America, you are citizens of America. You have rights because you are Americans. Because you were born in America, you have certain rights and, and responsibilities. Now, Christ goes, uh, God goes a little bit further and just not says you have rights and responsibilities as a citizen, but you also have rights because you are in my household. So it means that you're family. So he weighed the scale doubly for us. He didn't just say you're citizens, but he says you're citizens and you're my family. So what does that mean when you go before a judge who, you know, you might be uh, from the same state, but then you're also family with that judge? What kind of outcome do you think he's going to give you? Because you're my family. You're not just Uh, a friend of or citizens of my country or my county or my city, but you're my family. I'm going to look out for you doubly because you're not just a citizen. You have these rights, but you're family. Household means that there's an intimacy that we have. Uh, Citizens, we get the word, the word, Greek word is sompolites, which is a politic. I think we get politics from that word. Fellow citizens possessing the same citizenship as other fellow citizens. Um, But household means of one's family, related by blood. We are kindred. And we are related by blood because we have the blood of Christ. Remember we just talked about that. He bought us with his blood. And so now we are his. So we're not just, we're doubly favored in that we're citizens legally, but I'm also family. God is... Jesus is the chief ambassador, and now we're all working together. And He is sitting on the right hand of the Father, and He's given us authority as kingdom priests to make disciples. It was never in God's plan. I know there's this uh, thing in America called the separation of church and state. So we try to keep religious things out of politics, and politics is separate from religion. Uh, But God never planned it that way. His was He never is never a secular and a a, a, unsecular with God. It's all his. (laughs) And he always meant it to be that way. So it was never meant for even in the Old Testament where they had priests. God didn't want there to be priests. Uh, He went to Moses and he wanted to speak to Moses. And even he called the children of Israel and he wanted all of them to come together to meet him. And when he started to come down, they got scared and said, no, we don't want this. (laughs) That God is making the earth move and things are happening. Uh, Aaron, you go, Moses, you go, and then you tell us what God said. And then that's how priests started. But God always wanted to commune with us, all of us. And we're all having the same duties as citizens and of the household of God, which is to make disciples. There is no second class of citizens in the kingdom of God. There is no, oh, these people get this, but then these people have to do this work. Or the pastor is supposed to do that work, and then we're supposed, no, we're all in this together. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And he uses those terminology for a reason, because we are family. We're connected. So we're not just citizens bound by our territory, who, what we represent, which is heaven. but We're also family. And that even, so that weight even is more for the judge, but it also weighs more for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So that we're we're, not—we're—we're from the same place. We're representing the same place, heaven, right? That's our home. This is not our home. We're foreigners here. But sometimes I don't think we believe that. (laughs) I think we believe this is our home because we put more investment in what we have going on here than what we have, what we're representing. So our authority as ambassadors. So we're going to look at uh, five or six things as our authority as ambassadors. As an ambassador. Uh, Someone who has been intentionally chosen to represent the country they are from. So one, uh, ambassadors are appointed by the king or ruler. They're never voted in. So as an ambassador, no one voted you in. God chose you. He chose you. That's good that he chose me. And even in our earthly, when someone chosen as an ambassador, they see that as a prestigious thing. They're like, "Oh God, you chose me to be the ambassador for, you know, the Bahamas or for uh, ambassador to Russia or ambassador to uh, all the European countries or countries in Africa or China. That's a great prestigious thing. It's like, oh, you chose me. Well, then, how much more is important that God chose us to be His representatives, His ambassadors in the earth? It's not voted upon, but is appointed by the king or ruler that we are ambassadors. Number two, we represent the entire government. So the ambassadors to different countries represent the entire government. So the ambassadors, that, uh, have, uh, the ambassadors from the United States represent all of the United States, not just part, not just, some, like I said, there's no second-class citizens in, in the kingdom. We're all sisters and brothers in Christ. And so you represent all of the government. So we represent all of the kingdom of God, all the power that comes with the representing the kingdom of God, we represent. There's nothing lacking when it comes to representing the kingdom of God. We don't. There's no part of it. I represent the south, southern part of the kingdom of God. I don't know what the southern part of the kingdom of God looks like. <laughs> well, I represent this sect of the kingdom. No. It's all kingdom. And we all are representations of that. Uh, Number three, committed to the state's interest. As a representative of the kingdom of God, as an ambassador, I am committed to my country's interests. That's important. Not my own. Not my political party. Not my race. Or whatever other identities. Not my sex. Not my gender. None of that. I, I am committed to representing my country, as an ambassador. So, as you as an ambassador, you must be committed to representing the kingdom of God. Not my own opinion, not my own beliefs, not what I like, not what I dislike, but I represent the kingdom of God and what he says. All, uh, the fourth thing, we embodies, well, this goes back to, uh, I think, representing uh, the entire government, But as an ambassador, you are the embodiment of that nation to the country that you're in. You embody everything of that nation in the country that you're in, in the country that you're from. You embody that. So when people see you and you're proclaiming to be an ambassador, they should see the kingdom. Just like if if I go out, I'm an ambassador to the United States and I go to any country, they see the United States when they see me. They don't really see me, Virgil, but they, I am a representation of the United States. And if I was an ambassador, that's what they see. And as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, they see the kingdom. They should see the kingdom, I should say. We embody the kingdom. Again, not our own interests, not our own what I like, dislike, not my race, not my – no, I represent the kingdom in its interests. As you, if you hear ambassadors, if you watch TV, if you hear ambassadors, uh, you will hear them often say that uh, the position of our government. <laughs> well, the position of our government is this. If, as an ambassador, they may be uh, speaking on behalf of the country and they say often, well, the position of our government is this. Again, you only speak the position of the government, not your opinion are not what you're what you like or dislike. And as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, we only speak the position of the kingdom. And if you say, "Well, I don't know the position of the kingdom," where well, you have a Bible. <laughs> and it's going to tell you the position of the kingdom. And it's going <laughs> to and it's supported in the word of God. You don't have to guess. It is written out for you. The position of the kingdom is this. And if you have any question, then you can go back to the father and say, I'm confused about your position. Can you make give it clarity for me? And I'm sure the Lord would give you clarity on his position uh, by way of his word and his Holy Spirit. Not your opinion. This is important. Not my opinion. So sometimes we get so caught up in what we think. Well, I think this. And that's where we get all these denominations from, because this denomination thought something different than this denomination. And this denomination thought something different than the other. And so everyone has a different scene of opinion, but really it should be the opinion of the kingdom that we're representing. Uh, As an ambassador, I am protected and taken care of by my government. I am protected and taken care of by my government. That's good. He's taking care of me. My kingdom, the kingdom is taking care of me. All my needs. He knows what I need before I ask. And so he is taking care of me as an ambassador. They don't live in their own dwellings. They live in what the government pr- provides for them because you're part of the kingdom. You're the king's children. And, and you're not, again, this goes back to you're not just an employee or working as an ambassador, but you're also family. So let's look at this as a company. If this is a company and, and Jesus is the uh, the chief or the president of this company, we're not just employees just working. You're not just regular employees, but you're family. So it's doubly weighted that I'm going to look out for your interests because you're not just my employee, and I'm just going to do things you know how employees can do. You know how those relationships are. But now I'm also family, and not like the earthly family. <laughs> He's a kingdom family, because <laughs> earthly family can do you wrong too. So. But his family, he loves us. He wants to take care of us. He hears, he 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 knows our burdens, and he wants to carry them. And uh, he's died for us, and he wants to provide for us. There's provision in the kingdom for us. So it's not like our earthly families. Just an example. But it's greater because this is Jesus. Another thing about being an ambassador is that you are not a citizen of the country that you're in or that you're going to. So as an ambassador going to uh, Russia, you don't become a Russian citizen. You still are a citizen of the country you're from. And so don't forget that you're not from here. (laughs) This is not your home. And so, as a citizen of heaven, you you maintain your citizenship. And lastly, but not least, the goal of the ambassador is to influence the area and territory in which they are. The goal of the ambassador is to influence the area or territory in which you live. As an ambassador, our goal is to make disciples. And as we are making disciples, it is the ultimate goal to influence that area and territory for which we live. How do we do that? Make disciples, right? The best way to change the culture is to make disciples. You can change the laws; We can petition to change all the laws the way we want them. And and I'm often thinking about, you know, murder has been illegal since the country's been founded, right? And how many murders have happened? Uh, it's been it's illegal, right? But people still murder. And why is that? Their heart. Um, and there are tons of laws that people break. You have speed limits all over the place. People break the speed limit. Why is that? It's a heart. So, when you the only way you can change that is to make disciples, because God is going to deal with their heart. I can make all the outward changes in the world and it will not change a man's heart. I can put all the parameters in place to make it seem like it's going to be a wonderful world. This, if we do this, put this law in place, and we do this, then everything will be perfect. That's a farce. That's a lie. What, what, What the enemy would have you not do is make disciples. He'll have you get caught up in everything else and support everything else, but making disciples because he knows that if you make disciples, you're changing people's hearts. You're changing their worldview. And their worldview is not their own. It becomes the worldview of the kingdom now. This is not my my this mind in me is not mine, but it is the mind of Christ. And so now I represent him in his interest and what he wants. And so in my keen, in my day to day work and all that I do. My, my job is to influence my territory for the kingdom, not for Virgil, not for, you know, Cornerstone, or even not for, you know, Virginia or Lynchburg. It is for the kingdom that I want to influence my sphere of inf- my, my sphere that I live around, my neighborhood, my workplace. That is where you can make the most influence and change the minds of people. So if you're concerned about how the world is going, look no further than the church. And say, are we doing what we're supposed to do and making disciples so that the world is not going the way we dislike? Because the only way you're going to change, the only way you can change that, the only thing that can change a man's heart is the Holy Spirit. You can't even change your own heart. (laughs) You can't. It's only by God's power and the power of the Holy Spirit that our hearts and minds are changed, that we become a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and that we are not our own. So now look at 2 Corinthians five twenty and 21, and we're going to uh, have communion. But it says, now then, 2 Corinthians five twenty and 21, it says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, God is pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So it's our job. God is working through us to implore on Christ's behalf for the people that we're around to be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. But as ambassadors, you're charged with a great task, and that task is to make disciples. And we're, we've been on this for a while, and we're going to at it at various angles, but I think it's important that, uh, I think this is really good because it really gets us from out of our, um, sometimes we can make our own excuses as to why we don't do things. Um, and we can make excuses like, oh, well, I'm, that's not my personality, because we want to get into some of that detail stuff. Like, you know, how do you go out and make the disciples and different uh, approaches you can have and make? Uh, but I think some of that, you know, when, when that's presented, you can, you can say, well, that's not me. You can excuse that away. But if you look at the bigger picture, this is, you, this is your job. This is why you are here. This is why you are in the earth. If you are a child of God, if you are a kingdom, uh, if you for the kingdom of God, then your job is to make disciples. I don't care how shy you are, <laughs> how introverted you may be, but your job is to make disciples. And so maybe your job initially is to pray over your anxiety when it comes to uh, talking to people, when it comes to sharing the good news of the gospel, when it comes to let me let me get in my word so that I can feel comfortable in even sharing. But it is our jobs. It is not negotiable as a kingdom. And, and when the king says, this is what you're supposed to do, you do it. All right? <laughs> Help us, Lord. Because <laughs> when the king tells you what to do, you do it. And so it is our job to go out and make disciples for the kingdom of God. And if we do that, We will change the world one person at a time, one neighborhood at a time, one street at a time. Our job is to go out and share the good news of the gospel, to share our lives with one another, to love them, to show the love of Christ, to show them kingdom living, to show them the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many people need joy? And then we can say, hey, man, if if you get in Christ and there's so much joy. And people wonder, oh, when well, you're going through this, and how does how do you maintain that joy? The joy of the Lord is our strength. They're kingdom principles when you give and how he would give unto you. Uh, and then you praying and changing your heart and your mind to love people. It is important that we, again, recognize that. It is key to Kingdom to the kingdom that we do our job. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia, at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at CornerstoneLynchburg.com. Contact us by email, Cornerstonecom at Comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you.